so, so like for me, I had this really great life experience of being hypersexualized as a woman of color and now being hypervilified as a man of color. So much fun. Welcome to Entry Level Adults. I'm Taz, host and resident Entry Level Adult, and this is the show where my guests and I query the terms and conditions of what it means to be grown up. And today I am joined by... Isaiah Wilson uh, uh, from Wisconsin. We met in Taiwan and now I live in the Mississippi. Now you live in Mississippi, yeah. Yeah. And you've been there for how long? 16 weeks as of today. Oh, uh, mm -hmm. I'm not not counting. (laughs) I am. (laughs) Yeah. And you're just saying that you found it like... um, it's been like a culture shock. Would you say it's a culture shock moving back? Yes. I think being mm-hmm. back in the U.S. would be a big culture shock, but specifically, so I'm from a Northern state and like the culture that I grew up in is very, I say like, there is no difference. They just sound different here than they sound back home. But like mm. there, there are some pleasantries, some niceties, some like inadvertent racism that is, does feel or look different than where I'm from. So it is just culture shock. Yeah. There also is, I also noticed like, I don't have COVID culture. So I was gone. And so I'm missing Mm -hmm. all of the, the, the culture shift that happened from being here during COVID. I don't know how to do zoom very well. Like, I don't know. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you don't get it. And like all these feelings and anxiety that they have, like, that they might've had a year ago. Now that I'm back now, Mm -hmm. I'm just starting to get, and everyone's like, why do you feel this way? Like, it's fine. That's so true. Having your first experience of being in like a COVID dense place. And Mississippi is like the worst in the US. Really? Yeah. It's like really bad. And we, so to get vaccinated here, they used to say like, don't vaccinate someone unless you can use like the whole vial because there's five vaccines in like a, a Pfizer like vaccine vial. Mm. And here they're like, no, it's fine. If you can get one, just open it and waste the rest. Oh, wow. It's it's wild. And our students mm. don't want to get tested. They don't want to get tested because our classes will be canceled maybe. Or they like won't be able to go to football games or go to the bar. And it's... That is truly yeah. terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. It's... Yeah. I like we were in... In May in Taiwan, there were 400 cases. So like school said, mm. don't go to school, come to school. There are thousands of cases here a day. Yeah, that was the most week. I think that was the peak. Yeah. Our no. peak. And no, I think Mississippi has like 3 million people and they have yeah. like 4,000 cases a day. So 10 times the cases in one yeah. seven, not even the size of the population. Mm. And everyone's like, this is fine. Yeah, it's so different. It's so, uh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm just so I can imagine COVID the shock. culture. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Getting used to COVID culture. Mm-hmm. No, I people hope don't know how to wear masks. They don't wear masks. They we have to on campus, but they don't know how to wear them. What do you mean? A lot of like noses out or like oh, okay, mask like my mouth just not... shows. So they'll like the bottom part of their mouth will show, mm-hmm. and I just I don't really get that. I'm just like, is that even comfortable? <laughs> like, what's the? Yeah. I don't know. I watched yeah. someone like take a drink from a water bottle and then they went to put their mask on. I was like, okay, nice. Like I respect it. But then he adjusted perfectly under his nose. And I was like, no. You missed no. the mark. You missed the mark. I'll take the stairs. You you go in the elevator. Yeah, but, I hear that. Damn, well, that's unfortunate. But hey, you can I, weather I, this storm. I can weather anything. 
Exactly. Exactly. So let us jump into our first segment, which is called Parental Guidance. And this is where we're going to talk about questionable pieces of advice that we received growing up, things that maybe our parents told us or just people around us told us that you thought um, was true or that you needed to do, etc. The best word for this yeah. is my parents taught me to like assimilate. Um, if people don't know what I look like or who I am, I'm mixed. My mom's white, my dad's black, mm. and my dad passed away when I was young, so my stepdad is also white. Um, I grew up in a mostly white household. I grew up in white towns, and my parents are just like, if you just act like everyone else mm. and don't do anything different, you'll be successful. Oh, wow, yeah. And that, like, bled into, like, when I came out as a lesbian and I like would move schools, I moved a ton as a child, like just don't tell people and you'll make friends. Mm. Just, just be normal. Mm-hmm. It's okay. And then as like, I've gotten older, as you can tell, I'm no longer a lesbian. Um, my name is Isaiah. So transitioning to yeah. my parents are just like, don't tell anyone. Just don't say anything at all. Just, just live your life. Whilst just you were transitioning? Life while I'm transitioning and now that I like that I like pass and I know that words like problematic but they're just like you just don't have to say anything mm, like, oh they're still like they're still it. like that now I mean they don't like that I transitioned my mom finds me gross now oh, that I have a full beard and everything mm. um but they're just like just be quiet yeah, yeah yeah so that was like my whole childhood was just like just try to fit in and be like everyone else even though I never ever looked like anyone ever I'm, I'm very racially ambiguous. Like, even when there were other Black students, I still don't look like them. Mm-hmm. And I've never been, no one's ever said, like, oh, you're Black. And it's just like, oh, like, you're brown. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever I'm most afraid of is, like, what people consider me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and so that was, like, the biggest, that was, like, always coursing through, like, my childhood of just, like, just be normal. And, like, going into adulthood, that's, that's tough. I do, I do queer work now, and so I don't really have to. Um, but it's, that's wild. That's really interesting. That is really interesting. And so then, I'm sorry, Did you didn't follow this. You didn't, like, do no, as they I, said when they told you to do these things. No, I I remember I moved to a whole new town in school district for high school. Mm. And I had, I was dating this girl online named Brooke. Hey, Brooke. Hey, Brooke. And, uh, <laughs> she's still cool. But I had on my shoes, like, I love Brooke Biddle. Uh-huh. Like, I wrote that on my shoes. And my parents were like, please, like, just don't wear them. Like, yeah. don't tell anyone. And I was like, I went through middle school. I already came out. Like, why should I have to, like, do this again? Mm-mm-mm. It's not fun. It's it's anxiety. And just, like, I looked like a lesbian. Yeah. Like, you, you're going to figure it yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so it's like, yeah, I want some control. And so, no, I never listened. And mm-hmm. I mean, like, my first day my first day of high school, I'll never forget this. This guy, Brock, <laughs> was walking the hall in front of me. And he goes, guys, have you heard we have a lesbian in our high school. Mm. I was just like, great. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That's intense. But at at least like I had some semblance of control. Mm. Like I started the conversation. It wasn't like they went on my Facebook. I think I might've even had MySpace still at that time. Like they didn't find out from anything, but me or at least someone else heard from me that I was a lesbian. Mm -hmm. And now like I come out pretty willingly when I deem when I deem it necessary or when I feel like this will be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so and like how do you act white? I don't But then also the inverse of that, like how do you what are you telling someone to do when you're telling them to act normal? As if like the way that you just generally conduct yourself is not acceptable. 
Yeah. You know? I, I think that I was a really high achieving student. And so they just thought like, oh, if you just act like that's all that matters in your life and mm-hmm. you just go play sports, which like they didn't love, but I love. Yeah. Um, and just continue to do well in school. Then it'll be fine. Like That's normal. You'll be like the good, they'll see you as like the good kind of brown person. Yeah. 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 So it's like really and fear so, based and fear induced, I guess. Yeah. yeah. It's an experience. And I, my parents, even though like I dated women in high school, like my mom never really had a conversation with mm. me about like white women are dangerous until, mm-hmm. until my brother yeah. got to college, who's five years younger than me. And he started mm-hmm. dating more white women. And then it was like, oh yeah, Isaiah, like, just so you know, in the way that yeah, you look in the world, yeah. like white women can be dangerous. And it was like, why wasn't I ever told this before? Like I've had those interactions of like, something's wrong because like, a girlfriend's dad mm. would find out she's dating yeah. not like a girl but a brown person and there was a problem and I never really made mm-hmm. the connection because yeah. I didn't have any uh-huh. examples my dad was black and had a white wife like oh it seems normal now I don't date white people but like if I did like <laughs> like I needed to know that <laughs> yeah and that's a really really yeah. important lesson to learn and I feel like Especially in America as well, actually. Yes. That is a really important yeah. lesson to learn. The, the idea of assimilation, it, it bleeds into my adulthood. My experience in Taiwan, mm. I didn't benefit the way that, like, our white Brits and our white Americans yeah. did. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, so it's even, even when, like, we're not dealing with, like, whiteness as a dominant culture, because I just don't, I don't meet the boxes that people mm-hmm, want to mm-hmm. put people in. It makes it a bit harder. It's yeah. Surprise. <laughs> That's so interesting. And so then I guess that sort of um, the lesson in like assimilation and counteracting that, that sort of like bleeds into the work that you do now as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of my, one of the, so I'm uh, currently the coordinator for LGBTQI plus programming and initiatives at the University of Sydney. Nice. Um, it's, people still call it Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. Um which is like rooted in racism Ooh, uh-huh. and they call the university like what, that. In, yeah. It's called Ole Miss everywhere. I have a mask and it says, Oh Ole Miss wow. Okay. Like every t-shirt you buy will say Ole Miss. And that's what enslaved people would call like the like masters. Of course. Oh, wow. It's called, yeah. The university is called like, it's like the flagship university, the pride of the South. Like the whole campus was built by enslaved people. Mm-hmm. Like people have died on the campus grounds because when they tried to like integrate one single mm-hmm, black student, mm-hmm. like it's yeah, it's wild place. But in my job, I the one of the first questions I asked in my interview was like, how do you teach students how to like basically tamper down their identities to get jobs mm-hmm. and to like be easier to be a part of the community? Yeah. And like, so like, how do you get people to assimilate and pretend to like not be themselves? And I was like, I. I I don't, don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like one, by the time we're 18, we know how to code switch. We know how to find like safety. Like we can do it. We code switch in all of our mm-hmm. communities, but also like we need to teach our students that like, no, don't do that. You belong in any space as your whole self. You can't, Precisely. Yeah. if you feel like you need to code switch in a space, if you feel like you need to hide anything, then that's not the space for you. Fuck that. Like mm-hmm. that's that on that. That's so good. That's so important. I feel like, yeah. Unless you realize it for yourself, like that lesson doesn't come in until really late. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize. So it's like I realized the the message of assimilation when I was young, but I didn't realize mm. how problematic it was until I was like in college, maybe out of college. 
Like, yeah, that's a long time to internalize. Like, oh, I need to be these things. And it's like, how does that, as like someone who has had to transition, how does that frame my view of what does it mean to be a man? And what does it mean to like, Mm -hmm. be like the right kind of trans person to do anything? Am I, am I valid? Like, am I doing this right? Yeah. 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 I've been thinking about blouses a lot. (laughs) Like lately, I don't know why. Mm -hmm. Why think about blouses? Okay, so yeah. Apparently my definition of a blouse isn't correct, but my definition of a blouse mm. is any shirt that's like flowy and li- and light and breathable. Mm. And I've been thinking about like uh-huh. are the buttons? The buttons are nice, like a couple of buttons, like at the top. That's mm, my okay, that's okay. how I picture uh-huh. a blouse. Okay. Yeah. So with my definition about blouse, I'm thinking like men really can't wear blouses, but why not? And I'm like, uh-huh. like, it's really hot. Like, I kind of sweat a lot. Like, I need a light, flowy shirt. And I'm like, so should I? Should I go? I never wore a blouse when I was a girl. But I'm like, but now I'm like, should I go get a blouse? Uh-huh. Like, would I look? Would I look good yeah. in a blouse? Would anyone notice that I got this from like the women's section? And I just, I t- I've talked about blouses like ten times this week, and I just can't get over it. Like, I'm very. <laughs> that's that's really interesting, though. That's like does not does it matter because we know it doesn't matter but it also is something that you would have to do and think about like what are the consequences yeah. of doing this yeah i recently bought a crop top sweatshirt nice um uh, i got it from the h&m women's section mm. and i i bought it because as i was leaving so i've lost a lot of weight since i like since leaving for taiwan and coming back like i've still been on that trend and I like my body a lot. Mm, mm. And so I went to H&M. I can fit some other really nice clothing. And I was like, I love this. This is great. And so I was like on cloud nine about that. And then I see this crop top sweatshirt. And I was like, mm. I, I have to have this. Like, yes. this is like the next step. And like, I love myself. Like, can I wear this? Will I wear this? Because mm-hmm, oh, mm-hmm. I love it in, in theory. Yeah. I, yeah, I want to yeah. feel like I can love it everywhere. So I bought it. Yeah. And I do love it. And I do wear it. I've worn it out. I've worn it to the gym, but with something under it, mm. but still, like, yeah. I'm getting it. And it's cute. What color is it? <laughs> it's just black. It's just mm-hmm. black. Like, it just looks nice. I like, really love that. Well, the second part of this segment is um, Still Friends mm-hmm. Guidance. We talk about um, family habits that we have. So maybe little things that we had in our families growing up that we thought were totally normal. And then you leave and you realize that maybe no one does this or, like, very few people do this or only my family do this thing. This is, like kind of weird I mean it's not that it's actually not that weird Mm. but it is weird to me now we used to my mom used to make our plates for like our whole childhood you could never deviate from what she planned for dinner Mm. and you had to eat all of the massive portions that she served you and I that seems like more people have experienced that and I've learned that people that didn't have that are better with food management as adults very lucky Mm. like I'm jealous of them but then also we had to we had a giant glass of milk um like with your meals yes like do you see this is the size of my head oh, that's like a head size tumbler yeah and I, would, I have to drink <laughs> all of the milk at every dinner and like that is that's dirty <laughs> that is yeah. dirty and you you couldn't leave the table without finishing all of your meal you couldn't leave the table without finishing all your milk, all your milk. and I just like oh <laughs> how do you how do you drink a glass of milk with spaghetti <laughs> and it's not like we ever had chocolate yeah. like if it was chocolate milk like i would have been down like easy peasy yeah. but how, how do you drink a glass of milk with spaghetti <laughs> one of my favorite That's dirty meals so it's called 
it's called a shit on a shingle mm-hmm. and and it's just toast with this like gravy meat thing sauce on top of the toast and it's called shit on a shingle mm-hmm. but then you have to drink a glass of milk with it <laughs> and it ruins it and I just yeah did you ever I, ask why you had to drink milk okay you want to ask your mom why it's because I said so but yeah yeah but really she just it's good for you. It's too fun. Yeah. 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 When I started playing sports finally and I would not be home for dinner, mm. then I got to skip past the the giant glass of milk. Yeah. And then I think at one point my mom noticed mm. that and then was like, oh, I wound up your dinner and here's, here's your milk. milk. <laughs> and <it was> like, <laughs> you can't escape the milk. <sighs> yeah. A, a mundane one. That's like fun. We couldn't sing with our stepdad. <laughs> what? He would what? ask you. That sounds weird. So he'd ask you like, oh, like who's singing this song? Yeah. And you'd be like, oh, it's like Fall Out Boy. And he's like, yeah, you should let them. You what? He's like, yeah, you should let them. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Which is like weird. My mom's like a super musical person, like got into like a really good, she, had she gone to college, she would have gone to like a music college Mm -hmm. because that was like what she was into. But my grandma's like, you can't go to Chicago. Yeah. It's dangerous. Yeah. Um, And so my mom sings everything, but our dad was like, stop. Like he just can't listen to people singing. He can't do it. Oh, no. He's like, I hate when people, I hate when people show me music and they sing the whole time. Like, I can't hear. Oh my goodness! <laughs> but that like, is like the whole point of joy. That there is no, there is no greater joy than just singing. Honestly, honestly, like that's it. But that man can't do it. He doesn't hum to anything. I think he just doesn't have a rhythm, and I think he's mad. That might be it. People that don't enjoy yeah. singing, I don't trust them. I don't trust no. them. No. Not one bit. Yeah. My oh, here. My favorite, my favorite childhood thing that I think everyone should do. We had to put, we had to mm-hmm. put the seat down on the toilet, mm-hmm. like the cover, and then flush. And that was a rule, because when you flush, it all sprays everywhere. And I, so as a child, like I learned as a child from my stepdad, he's very, he wasn't nice about it, mm-hmm. but I, I follow this, like you put the seat down and then you flush, mm-hmm. and then that's it. And I do that everywhere. If I have to have roommates, which I don't like to do, like I don't like we need to do this. Yeah. Like there's no close the seat toilet down. seat. Yeah. I so like that's that. one thing I do like that from my household growing up. Yeah. That's a good thing. I've never heard of that, but that makes a lot of sense. Your toothbrush is in there. Oh, my toothbrush is in my bedroom because I'm not having toilet air on my toothbrush. Seat I'm not. Yep. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm a firm believer yeah. of that. It's the same reasoning. Yeah. No bathrooms and toothbrushes. Whew. It's a weird concept. Scary. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. No. Okay. So let us slide into our second segment, which is called Adulting in Motion. And we've kind of already touched on some of these things. So I guess we can f- go into more detail. But this is where we're just going to talk about your experience so far with adulthood, what you're doing, what you get up to, what you like to do, if you are where you thought you were going to be. So Isaiah, uh, how's it? How's it going? Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> uh, so I'm 26 years old. Mm. I let's. When's your birthday? When I was October 27th. You're a Scorpio. Oh, oh. I'm a Scorpio. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. I I actually like. I admit, like I'm a very I'm mm. a super Scorpio. What's your I, sign? Hang on, I have lesbian friends, so I know all my other signs too. I can fill you in on that. And um, I love that you know this because of lesbians. Lesbians know everything, and yeah, my rising ascendant is rising is Aries. Mm-hmm. My moon is Leo. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. I uh, have you ever done the Myers Briggs test? I have. 
So I'm an ENTP. Uh huh. Have you ever done the true colors test? I have not. So in that, it's like there's four colors of like things you can pick. And mm. I'm a true, this also is my adulting and like where I thought I'd be. I'm a, I'm an orange and I'm not just like a little bit orange. I'm like 38 points in orange. And my next highest was like 22. What's that true colors? I'm going to check that out. I've never heard of that. And let me just tell you quick. So orange is easygoing and flexible one. Mm. Joys, people, adventure, thrills, and success, needs, freedom, expression, challenge, stimulation, strengths, independent, humor, adaptable leader, frustrations, interruption, deadlines, criticism, and nagging. All of that is true besides criticism. Like, tell tell me what I'm doing wrong. Mm -hmm, Like, that, mm -hmm. I do want that. And then the last one, have you ever heard of Clifton Strengths? No. Like a strengths test or strengths finder? Mm -mm. So there's 34 strengths that you can have on this test. And my, mine are futuristic. So I'm always looking to like what we can do in the future. Command. I want to be in charge and tell you like, here's how we can, I have a vision. Here's how we're going to mm, do it. Mm. Communication. I'm really good at communicating with people. Individualization. I like, you do not represent any group. Like you represent only Taz and Taz is just Taz and that's it. Mm, yeah. Um, and my last one is activator. So I'm really good at getting people to do things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that with all of those, yeah. all of those things, all these tests, my, you can't tell me horoscopes don't matter because like my Scorpioness is like goes into like my true colors tests and my Myers-Briggs and into my strengths. Like I'm a very in control, communicative, communicative like here's what we're going to do like leading everything like that is who I am mm-hmm. and yeah yeah uh it shines it through. really does and I'm wearing bright orange today uh, wow, <laughs> say. um but so I'm 26 all those things I work at a university it's an r1 it's a low 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 r1 but it's still like an r1 school um mm-hmm. which is like a research tier I don't know if international schools is that like um what do you call them Ivy League kind of Ivy League ranking. So Ivy League is a different kind of thing. Our R one mm. is like research level. So we have like mm. a certain number of millions of dollars in research every year. Yeah, but it's yeah. like a low ranked one. But it's still a huge school. Mm. Like Ole Miss, yeah. University of Mississippi is a really good school. I never, I didn't think that I would be working at a university. Now I don't have a master's degree. Mm. I'm the only person I've met working on my campus who isn't like an assistant. Yeah, who doesn't have a master's degree so that's interesting and I definitely when I was five years old I would have said that I would be a veterinarian yeah but I'm bad at science Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) um yeah and it's it's wild I don't really know what I want to do when I grow up or who Mm -hmm. I want to who I want to be or what I want to be yeah um but I do know I love being active. I run, I ran 10 miles on Sunday, um, 16 over just over 16 kilometers. Mm-hmm. Um, it was running for fun. I, I used to do that. I don't do that anymore. And it, it yeah, I, I don't. <laughs> I, so my, I got my levels checked, my like testosterone levels. Cause you have to do that to be a healthy trans person. Mm-hmm. And my testosterone right now is at the level of like a 19 year old boy. <laughs> which basically, it, which explains some of my like impulsive behaviors the last couple of yeah. months. Um, it also explains why like I can run mm. much more efficiently. Mm. So basically like I'm just, I'm, I'm like peak, peak puberty. Right yeah. Now, yeah. Which is, 
I had to lower my dose. Mm. You can't be 26 and have 19 year old impulses. It's just not conducive for a healthy lifestyle. Um, I mean, it's fun. (laughs) It's fun. (laughs) But like, it's not. Um, So then lowering it, it takes you to a, it doesn't take you to a younger age. It'll, it'll like put me, the goal is for me to have the testosterone level of a 26 year old, like Mm -hmm. an average 26 year old male. Yeah. And yeah. But I mean, like, I've been transitioning for six years. So technically like having the testosterone level of 19 year old wouldn't be bad. That'd be accurate. If mm-hmm. I would have started puberty at 13, mm-hmm. my brother got his, got his mustache when he was like 11 or 12. So yeah. I'm like, that kind of tracks, mm-hmm. but like I'm 26, I'm already kind of impulsive. Like I have capital to be able to just like get up and move. Yeah. 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 And I need to not just do that. Um, yeah. So I just, I work out a whole lot. And mm-hmm. part of it, that also like raises my testosterone level. If you do leg day actually raises your testosterone just a little bit, but it really? does. Mm-hmm. It's a weird, it's a weird thing, yeah. um, but it, it works. And I climb a lot. So I run, I climb, I lift, I swim. Mm-hmm. Two weeks ago, I did kayak polo for the first time. Wow. So it was like where you sit in a kayak and you play water polo and it was and so I had a terrible day. That sounds really fun day. though. And it was, it just, it changed my whole day. I came into work the next day and I was happy. Nice. I was just, it was awesome. I yeah. Um, so I figured that out, how much I love being active again. Mm-hmm. I try to play on like rec leagues. Um, I played in a kickball league this summer. We lost every game. It was devastating. <laughs> um, yeah, I travel a lot. But in terms of being an adult, like I have a degree. I'm getting what did you answer. what did you study? I study women and gender studies. Okay. Um, which is like it's so cool. But yeah. also like I I knew then, I know now, like I need to get a master's degree in something in to, order to be be employable at a at like a level of the amount of money that I want to. Yeah, make. yeah, 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 of course. Um which is I mean, like I'm employable. I've had full time jobs now, mm-hmm. you know, but mm-hmm. but it's like I can I want to do, can do more. yeah yeah I, I I'm like super capable of doing more so I mm. should do more. You said that um when you were five you wanted to be a vet and then between then and now there's nothing specific that you wanted to do, which is something I find quite interesting because I've never been growing up I was never in the space of not knowing what I wanted to do. Like I see, just kind of like I, followed that the whole way through and then realized I didn't well, want to do it at the very last minute. No no no. See I switched. I changed my major 12 times in college. Whoa. That's not an exaggeration. Like I, I went into the office 12 separate times and I filled out the paperwork because I can't like, change my major. Over the course of how many years? I took me, it took me six years to graduate, but I mm-hmm. took a year off and did like uh, a working program. Mm-hmm. It's called like AmeriCorps and it's just like a, it's a volunteer nonprofit thing. Yeah. Like I needed a break, mm-hmm. but I... I've always wanted to be something and mm-hmm. every year it's changed. My yeah. freshman year of high school, I, my, of high school, I wanted to be an engineer. So I mm-hmm. took tech ed and then I found out that even using a T square, I cannot draw a straight line. Oh no, I feel you. <laughs> yeah. I, I could not, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Yeah. And I was like, can't be an engineer. It's not for me. It's not happening. Like my house, my box. I still think about like my toolbox and I'm like, I don't even know how it, it stayed together. Yeah. It was not. But my teacher was Mr. Wolf, I think is his name. He was so, he really tried to encourage me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. It wasn't happening. Yeah. No. I went back into engineering in college. No, didn't stick. Uh-huh. I tried chemical, mechanical, and just regular engineering. Yeah. Oh my but gosh. I just, I've always wanted to do something. I'm mm-hmm. really I am like the definition of like a jack of all trades and a master of none. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. And that's 
how do you make a job out of that? That's the thing. That's the thing. I, when I was a kid, I moved around, I moved more than 15 times before I turned 18. So like, yeah, yeah. And I mean, some of that, my parents somehow, where I went to high school, there's like 1400 people, super Mm -hmm. small town. We somehow found like three or four houses in that one town to stay in. So I didn't have to move for high school. And so Mm -hmm. my brother didn't have to move for high school. But like, that's still a lot of moving. That's a lot of moving. (laughs) It's ridiculous. So now like, I like moving. I'm really good at it. Really efficient at it. Yeah. But I don't know how to stay. I don't know like what kind of jobs I should do. I, I do run a dog sitting business. Mm -hmm. I'm very successful. I'm so good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was the number one rated house sitter in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Boston, Massachusetts, and now here because this is like a small town and people don't like the people. Yeah, yeah. But like, otherwise, what do I do with my life? No, I hear I you. Know. So you're like the kind of person that you just like need a thing to like focus on, put your energy into and like yeah. you do it well regardless. I don't like rules. I don't like being told what to do, but I really thrive in a job mm-hmm. that's like, here are your tasks. Yeah. Yeah. Have you experienced the opposite of that? The job I have now is kind of like, I create my own programs. I create my own events. I make my calendar. Like I have to be at work from eight Mm -hmm. to five, but like when I have an event, the way a training is set up, I was given a training called an allies training, which is like a safe space training for the community. And I was like, I don't like Mm -hmm. this. Um, So I rebuilt it. And now it's a sex, gender and sexuality workshop. And like oh, wow. the first, the first thing I have you do is like, tell me like, what's your name? What's your, what are your pronouns? And what color is your gender? Mm-hmm. And so we haven't learned anything, but that's the first thing I'm asking you. And what color is your gender? Mine? Did you, is that a question you made up? I've never heard that before. That's really cool. I, so I had an event. Um, I get funding from an alumni who's gay and like came out later, like after graduating. And mm-hmm. so I get funding from him to put on events in our LGBTQ lounge, which is kind of cool mm-hmm. that we have. Um, nice. But I did an event around like the language that we use for ourselves and our identity. And mm-hmm. one of the students posed that question and I'd never thought of it before. And so I was like, huh. And I, as soon mm-hmm. as I heard that, now I ask people all the time and I use it in my training because like my first answer was baby blue yeah um it's like it's my it was my favorite color through like most of my childhood until maybe like last year or two and I was like blue is like it's like kind of it's really soft masculine which I think Mm. really fits like who I am and like how I've come into my gender like for the longest time I didn't think that I could be trans because if someone called me butch I would cry Mm -hmm. (laughs) which yeah is hilarious to me um and I was like oh I'm too feminine to be a man like it doesn't really work um Mm. like you just you know those things don't work which is like now it's been years like I know better um yeah yeah but I was like yeah baby blue that makes sense and then like talking to people and like really getting through it I was like yeah that's not right so I've I've described burnt orange is the color of my gender and mm. to me that makes sense because my the way my gender shows up and the way my, my gender feels to me is the way that burnt orange shows up in the world and that mm. it is a it is a very beautiful color and it can either fit very nicely or yeah. will be out of place you'll either mm-hmm. really like it or you will hate it it can add so much to a space in terms of brightening it up and like mm-hmm. making it feel like inviting or it can make it feel like non this isn't it yeah. and I feel like the way that my gender feels to me and the way that I project my gender is all of those things even the way coming into my gender having to change like the way I act and the way that I 
communicate with different people are, yeah. are both of those dichotomies of the color burn. Damn, that's a really good answer. Okay. I'm not going to give you mine. I need to, I need, I need like a month to think about mine. That's really cool. I really like that. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> that's okay. And, mm. and I make people, I just yeah. like, don't, don't, don't tell me why, just, you know, give me any color. And so I'll get a lot of, you know, a lot of like blues, pinks, uh, a lot of deep purples. That's what I was thinking. Like, like an aubergine eggplant like kind of purple. purple uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm, nice. Um, so I get a lot of that. And then it's just, they don't know why. And then later on, it'll come up again where they're like, yeah, I'm really thinking about it. Like, I just yeah. don't think. So why, why, why are we jumping it? straight to deep purple? We're doing it. That's so fascinating. Damn. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. I would have, and I mean, like, for me, like, purple doesn't, purple, mm, mm, yeah, mm. I would have never thought purple. For other people, there's something about it, which I think, I think what it is, is a deep purple is a color that is mm. still so blue and still so red. Mm-hmm. And red is, like, kind of pinkish. And I think that it's people not recognizing that, like, they're really, mm-hmm. like, gender is fake and a social construct. And it is all the yeah. things that they consider. Yeah, oh, wow. No, but absolutely. Absolutely. That's just, what is their mm-hmm, brain saying? Mm-hmm. It's and true, yeah. We're just kind of like going on with like the lies that we say that we don't believe in, but still somehow it's like there in the back of our minds, which is wild. Yeah. I mean, like, I I tell everyone like gender is a social construct, yet my gender is very like normal, normative. Mm-hmm. My behavior, I my love language is touch. Mm-hmm. And like, I used to be someone who I always had my hands on my mm-hmm. friends. I was always the friend that like, I'd put my hand on your back to like, oh, let's go do this. Like, I just, I'd always make contact. I can't do that anymore. Mm. It, it's not safe. Like it makes people uncomfortable. Yeah. No matter knowing like who I am, mm-hmm. the way that I look mm-hmm. and the way that I hold presence in a space, I can't, I can't put my hands on people. I mean, like I probably shouldn't have been putting my hands on people before, but I really can't do it now. But now, yeah, how it's received now is just, like, completely different. Yeah. And, I mean, that's fair. If a dude, anytime a dude puts his hands on, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> don't touch me. Yeah. Don't, yeah, absolutely. And so I'm like, yeah, I can't do that to you. I, I can't do that to someone else. Mm. And does, is that something that you realized straight away, or did you have to, like, think about this over a period of time? It's taken me a really long time to figure it out. And I've known, I think, actually, since moving here is the first time where I've been like, oh, I haven't done it yet. Mm-hmm. Like, I've been able to, like, temper myself. Because mm-hmm. I can think back to even times in Taiwan with like friends of like, we'd be in a club or we would be mm-hmm. walking on a street and I would just like immediately like, oh yeah, like, oh, come on. Like yeah, I'm hurting yeah. like a little duckling mm-hmm. and like, mm-hmm. we're all adults. We can walk. We're fine. Yeah. And I, in my job now too, like I create communities and like I watched pockets and I've watched even students now come back to me and like come to my events throughout of like, oh yeah, like that was the first time I was around other queer people. Now, mm. I have friends now, like, and we do all these things together, and I've never had it before. That is Trans- so nice. That is so and important. It's that's and that's my job. And now, so I'm an adult. I'm a 26 year old who's living in this place that I didn't go to school here. I just started working here, and a lot of people I work with went to school here and now work here. Mm. It's a lot of lifers. Yeah. Um, and so, um, how do we make a community as an adult? I don't know. I mean, I that's, can make it, but I'm yeah. a part of it. Yeah. So it's, yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting, though, because I feel like we also have these, like, really utopian ideas of the communities we want to exist within. Mm -hmm. So then, I don't know, being able to actually be the one in control of doing that must be pretty fascinating as well. It feels great. Yeah. Like, I love it. Yeah. But then also, like, it is, I felt really guilty after Pride Camp. Like, I I brought all these people together. I've given them this thing. 
but I felt salty because I still don't have it. Mm. And then I'm like, I can't feel that way. That's not fair. But at the same time, it's like, hmm. And That's really interesting, yeah. I'm supposed to like, so I'm a professional on, on campus. So I'm supposed to like be different than their undergrads. And it's so strange of like trying to be, trying to be like above and disconnected. But I'm like the whole. We're just, this, it's just a facade. Like, let me not even pretend. Yeah. And I'm like, none of us had childhoods that we like felt resonated with. Mm. Like I'm reliving I started reliving college probably at the time. Like when I got into Taiwan, I felt more like I was a freshman, sophomore in college than Mm -hmm. when I was a freshman or sophomore in college of like, I have a community. I feel Mm -hmm. fully seen. I have people. I'm going to school every day, even Mm -hmm. if I'm teaching. Mm -hmm. Um, But that was, you know, I was remaking all the years I didn't get to have like straight cis people do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. So what you said about, um, Feeling that way in Taiwan is really interesting because I was just thinking about the way that like queer people, queer children, queer like young adults process mm-hmm. time and like how I feel like it's definitely different. Like it, it's not linear in the same way. I don't have a conclusion as to like how I think it goes, but there's definitely like a stunting that happens in that process. I When I talk to parents about their trans kids, um, they're like, why? I don't understand why they're getting along better with people that are a lot. Sorry, excuse me people who are a lot younger than them or people who are a lot older than them. Like Mm. they're not getting along with their peers. And I'm like that, like, it makes sense. So like if the only people that you can relate to are people who are older than you because they have shared Mm -hmm. identities and they understand these things, yes, I'm going to be able to talk to them more. And then as I begin to progress as myself, as I see Mm -hmm. myself, yes, I'm 26, but I've only been like, I've only been socially a boy for six years. I've only mm. looked like a, like I look like a 19 year old man. Mm-hmm. And so really I still feel like 19 cause I didn't get to be 19. Yeah. 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 And it, we just, I think that is like, that is our timeline of like, we didn't get, we didn't get these middle school crushes. We didn't get to date in middle school. We didn't get to make those dumb mistakes everyone else got to make in high school. Like instead we watched really older people who had already done it. And so mm-hmm. we're really good at connecting with them. Like, oh, we, under, we have the same language. Yeah. But then people yeah. younger than us, because our brain is like, oh yeah, like I still need to do all those things too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There yeah. has to be there. I'm sure someone has named this and I, but I, and I should and figure same, out like, who, No, but, I was also like trying to put words into Google. Cause I was like, this is really interesting. And I like want to know. Age regression, but it's not age regression. It's just like yeah. social, social social connectivity regression but not even because we like our community works fine with us being younger friends Mm -hmm. with younger people Mm -hmm. there is toxicity in in that yeah but I think as long as we're aware like if I go hang out with my like 20 year old student am I is it like a weird is it a weird thing where like this isn't still kind of like a professional mentory relationship Mm -hmm. or is this just like am I going and getting drunk with this student? Like, I can't do that. Mm -hmm, I can mm -hmm. go, I can go work out with my student and Mm -hmm. we have like, we had really good talks about like gender and identity and everything. Mm -hmm, Like mm -hmm. I'm still doing my job. Yeah. Yeah. Just like the way that you see each other, they're like those boundaries that are created. They're wavy. It's not like, it is not like anyone else on anyone else's job on campus. Yeah. Because of the community I work with. Mm -hmm. And that also changes. I think, so the whole, this whole section is supposed to be like adulthood, but that is, Queer adulthood is like weird, wavy, what, what, what is it, Doctor Who, wibbly wobbly, timey wimey stuff? Mm, mm, mm. Like, that's, yeah. I think that's queer adulthood. Of like, Absolutely. Oh, we're supposed to, so am I supposed to be married? Everyone else is married. 
I have friends that have kids. Am I supposed to have kids right now? That's a, I, ju- I just shut up. I don't work here. I don't even, is this mm-hmm. my body? I don't know. Yeah. Um, Still I, figuring it out. I have been engaged before. And yeah. yes, I have. I wow. Yeah. I, I got engaged to my high school sweetheart. Uh-huh. Terrible decision. It's wild. I think being an adult is a, it's a, it's a lie that we, mm. I think when I was 18, if I heard a 26 year old say any of these things, like I'd be so confused. Cause I thought by this point, like you should really have it all figured out. They'll have gone to like grad school and have done all these things and they'll make money wise. Mm. Um, but no, like it, I don't feel any more certain or any clarity now than I did when I was 15. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like, I still know that I love all these things. Like, I still know that I'm really good at a whole lot of things, but like, what am I going to do? I, I can't imagine doing a job for more than three to five, even honestly, at this point, two years for one job sounds like a lot. Like, I can't imagine working at the same thing for any amount of time. Like, I just want to go. No, I'm, I'm the same way. I'm the same way. I feel like just, yeah, like attitudes around like career. For me, that's the main thing that trips me up just because yeah. I think we're similar. I have just like so many different interests and I'm just like, oh, I kind of want to try everything. Yeah. And, and that's not something that's like encouraged. No. And it's like also to get jobs in those things, you need to have degrees in those things. And I'm like, but why do yeah. I need a degree in this? Like, I can do this. Like, I can, mm-hmm. I know I can, I've been doing it. Why, yeah. why yeah. do I need to yeah. like go get another piece of paper that's like, yeah. Hey. No, I agree. I guess on that note, in terms of just like things not being what we thought they would be like, we can jump into segment three, which is called Legends, Myths. And the Chamber of Plot Twists. Head over to part two to catch the rest of this episode. 